Good morning. My friends, as soon as I step out of the sacristy at the last Mass, one of our altar servers said to me, Father, you look great in pink. <laughs> and as much as I appreciated the, uh, the comment, remember, this is not pink, it, it's rose. Because Jesus didn't pink from the dead, he rose from the dead. Actually, that's not the real reason. Twice a year, we wear this color somewhere in between the season of Advent, for example, between Advent and Christmas. And so the color rose came from the purple, the violet of Advent mixed with the white of Christmas. It symbolizes the halfway through mark as well as the joy that we're celebrating as we quickly approach the season of Christmas. And in that joy, my friends, it's time for our state of the parish address. You know, every year as the priests gather around our bishop during the Chrism Mass for the renewal of our promises made at ordination, the same reading taken from the book of Isaiah is read. The Spirit of the Lord God is upon me because the Lord has anointed me. It is read as a reminder for us, priests and ministers of God, that we have been anointed for a mission. It is a mission to preach the good news of salvation. It is a mission to mend the brokenhearted to offer freedom to those captive by sins and suffering. It is a mission to remind our people of God's favor. God's loving and unconditional favor, which accompanies us in the best of time, as well as in the worst of times. For me, and I suspect for Father Tom and Father Peter as well, this mission isn't just some nice words that we repeat before our bishop year after year. No, for us, it is a lived reality that we hope to embrace every single day. I think I can speak for the two of them as well, that it has been... Uh, a blessing and a privilege to be assigned here to serve as your priest. As you can imagine, the three of us are quite different in our background, in our personality, in our temperament. For example, Father Peter is a night owl, and I am an early bird. As for Father Tom, we just don't know what he is. But regardless, it has been for me a tremendous blessing to be in the trenches with two utterly dedicated, compassionate, and energetic priests. Different as we are, we share one common aspiration. We share one common purpose that is the salvation of souls, your soul. So thank you 
Thank you for allowing us to walk with you on your spiritual journey. Thank you for permitting us to laugh with you, cry with you, pray with you, and for you. It has been a privilege for us to baptize your children, to officiate your weddings, to bury your loved ones, to hear your confession, to offer you counsel, and most importantly, to bring you the Lord Jesus Christ and his saving graces in the sacraments and in the Eucharist. Thank you for enriching our priesthood by sharing your lives with us. You know, in the early church, the Lord permitted many miracles to take place at the hands of the apostles as a testimony, as a witness to the preaching. And chapter 5 of the Acts of the Apostles recounts an interesting phenomenon. It says that people brought the sick out onto the streets and then placed them on mats and beds so that at least Peter's shadow would fall on them as he passed by. The book just says that, but never explains why. So tradition fills in the gap. It is said that St. Peter learned the hard lesson of humility after his shameful betrayal of Jesus. And so he begged the Lord. He begged the Lord, never allow him to become proud by thinking that any miracles or healings that happened somehow happened because of his own doing. And so the Lord granted that request. Thus, many miracles, many healings took place, but they took place in Peter's shadow and without his knowledge. Thus, credit went to where credit was due, to God and to God alone. The same can be said about your priests. Whatever good things that we've been able to do for you, our people, may we learn from St. Peter to give God the credit he deserves. We are but mere shadows. We are but mere instruments of his grace. As a parish, I'm confident to say that we are in the midst of a renaissance, a rebirth in energy and enthusiasm. Energy and enthusiasm that can easily be felt in this building as we come to worship weekend after weekend. This past year alone, we received 753 new parishioners. And that brought our overall population to 13,000 parishioners. We have 54 active ministries. We underwent several renovation projects and look forward to some new constructions. We see a great success in our capital improvement campaign, which was launched on March the 19th. 
and overall our operations and finances are in a good place, which at your convenience and leisure, you can check out in greater detail in the bulletin. We also provided you with a quick summary of the year in numbers to show you what we were able to accomplish because of your support. Now, although these numbers are something to celebrate, let's not forget that they were only a means to an end. What we should indeed celebrate is what you bring to this church day in and day out. Your devotion, your zeal, your commitment, and your profound desire for God. You are here, my friends, because you want to know God and to love Him. You are here because you want to live differently. You're here because you want your faith to matter. To matter in your public, your social, and your personal lives. These are the reasons to celebrate. These are the reasons to rejoice. Having said that, I don't want this to turn into a bragging session. We've had a lot of successes, but we've also encountered a fair share of challenges and failures. You know, constructions and renovations bring with them plenty of frustrations and inconveniences. A parish of nearly 13,000 people cannot be smoothly serviced by a team of 31 people without running into some hiccups from time to time. And so, my friends, for whatever shortcomings and failures that I have as a pastor, and as a leader of this pastoral team, I ask for your forgiveness and for your patience. Ultimately, whether in success or in failure, as St. Paul so rightly reminds us, in all circumstances, give thanks. And so in this Eucharistic celebration, I want to thank God. I want to thank God for our successes because they reflect God's blessings to us. I want to thank God for our failures because they provide us with opportunities to learn and occasions to be humble. But most importantly, above all else, I want to thank God for each and every single one of you the living stones of this parish. I want to thank God for your love, for your support for this parish, and for us, your priests. On January 1st, after our 10 o'clock Mass, we will hold a solemn Eucharistic procession around the campus and then begin a 24-hour our period of adoration. 
For one, it is a great way to start the year of Eucharistic revival, which we hope to boost a greater devotion to the Eucharist. But for another, I wanted to reflect what Holy Family is all about. It is a community that walks with Jesus Christ, a community that adores Jesus Christ, a community that loves Jesus Christ, and a community that wants to bring Jesus Christ to the world beyond the confines of these walls. So my friends, come and join us. Until then, I pray that our God, the God of peace, preserve you in holiness. May he protect you, mind, heart, soul, and body, blameless for the coming of our Savior, Jesus Christ. My dear friends, God loves you, and so do I.